Welcome to LaGrave Avenue CRC's Sermon Podcast. We begin our fall sermon series, One Another. We've all had an experience where we want to tell a story of difference and move away from somebody when we learn that we disagree with them. However, Paul calls us to move towards those people we have a difference with. You're listening to Accept One Another by Reverend Peter Yonker. Our Bible reading this morning is from Paul's letter to the Romans, Romans 15. I'll be reading verses 1 through 8, maybe a little bit of 9 from Romans 15. And as a little introduction before I actually read, as Christy mentioned, we are starting a new sermon series for the fall. This sermon series will go all the way through the end of November, so right up to Advent. And the sermon series is called One Another. So it's based on all the one another texts from the New Testament. In the New Testament, and especially in the letters, so letters of Paul, letters of John, letters of Peter, there are these instructions about how we as Christians are to treat one another. And there are instructions like pray for one another, care for one another, admonish one another, forgive one another. And when you take all these statements and put them together, you have a kind of a, a roadmap for how God would have us treat each other as part of a community. You have a curriculum for Christian community. That's a curriculum we need right now. I don't think I need to convince you that community is something that has been much strained over the last few years. And that's an ongoing thing. It's not new. Before the pandemic, uh, loneliness was on the rise, and there were more lonely people than ever, and you heard me talk about that from this pulpit. The pandemic did nothing to help that. Right? It physically separated us from each other. So there are people in our congregation that I've barely seen for the last 18 months, and that makes me sad. Uh, my own family, haven't seen them for almost two years. That also makes me sad. So we've been physically separated. That's strained community. And then there's this. Um, during the pandemic, we've learned habits of separation, right? So when I go to the grocery store, I have become conditioned to look for the aisles when I go down them where there are less people. And then when I go down the aisle, I don't get too close, right? I give a little bit of a, a, little bit of a distance. And when I'm out in the neighborhood walking my dog, and I'm going down the sidewalk and I see someone coming towards me on the same sidewalk, I instinctively just move out into the road and I say hi and we talk, but you've sort of been conditioned to imagine this six foot radius around people, which is what was necessary, what is necessary in many cases still. But at some point, we've got to relearn the habits of community, rededicate ourselves to community. And we hope that this this sermon series with the one and others will teach us again, will turn us again towards these habits. Today's one another is accept one another, and we'll find that in Romans 15. If we want to think about community, Romans is a great book. You like to think about Romans as that really, really hard letter that Paul wrote, full of deep theology, right? Really intimidating. But honestly, a great way to think of Romans is Romans is a handbook for community. The reason Paul wrote all that hard theology is in the service of creating a community in the church of Rome. 
It's very clear throughout the letter. And he was intent on that because the church in Rome was made up of two very different groups of people, right? It was a mixture of Jews and Gentiles. And historically, you could not find two groups that were more full apart, farther apart. So Jews and Gentiles ate different foods. They kept different calendars. They marked time in a different way. Okay? They, they didn't even physically eat together. For Jews, the idea of eating with Gentiles was something that was physically repulsive. So they were as far apart as you can imagine. And now, in Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, Paul's trying to help them become one. So let's hear what Paul says to the Roman church and let's hear his call for them to accept one another. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Jesus Christ had so that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant to the Jews on behalf of God's truth, so that the promises made to the patriarchs might be confirmed, and moreover, that the Gentiles may glorify God in his mercy. This is the word of the Lord. So you probably heard people, I certainly have heard people say over the course of the last 18, 19 months that the pandemic is responsible for separating people. The pandemic is responsible for the fraying of community. I was in a conversation this week with one of my uh, minister friends and I'm beginning to wonder if that's really true. His position, and I think he's right about this, is that the pandemic did not cause the divisions that are between us. The pandemic exposed the divisions between us that are already there and then amplified them, made them seem bigger than they really were. And, and just to illustrate how that's true, um, here's a, 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 an encounter that I think represents an experience that many of us have had over the last 18 months. You're talking to someone about some aspect of public life these days. It could be a neighbor, it could be a fellow church member in the narthex. And during the course of the conversation, your neighbor, your fellow church member, expresses an opinion about a controversial issue, say vaccines or masks. And the opinion they share is completely the opposite of what you think. And you hear them say it, and you don't argue with them because you're, you know, you're that kind of person. You want to pick a fight. You don't argue with them, but inside, in your mind, you're going, oh my goodness, that's what they think? I thought I knew that person. I thought they were this kind of person. Maybe they're not this kind of person. Maybe they're that kind of person. 
And what happens is, you know, we don't fight with them. Something, something starts happening in our head. Two things, I think. First, we, we start to tell a story about them. We think, oh, if they believe that about that issue, maybe, believe, maybe they believe those things too. Maybe they're that kind of person, someone very different from me. We tell a story of difference about them. And then we subtly move away from them. Not obviously, but subtly. So maybe next time we come into the narthex and see them, whereas before we would have gone right up and talked to them, maybe this time we just smile and wave. Or, even if we do go up and talk to them, we guard a little bit our conversation. We don't talk about deep, substantial things. We talk about, hey, did you see the game last night? And weather's really nice, isn't it? I want to look carefully at that kind of encounter because I think 90% of us have had an encounter like that over the last months. Two things happening. We're telling a difference story about them. We're putting them in a category, telling a story of difference and moving. And the second thing that's happening is we're moving away, telling a different story and then moving away. And what I want us to see is that both those things are exactly the opposite of what Paul calls us to do in the letter to the Romans. Paul calls us to move towards the people with difference. Accept one another as Christ has accepted you. Accept one another. I want to take a deep look at what Paul is calling us to do in that verse. Accept. The Greek word for accept is a word uh, proslambano. Proslambano, that's the word translated in our English text as accept. And I think you can hear it's actually made up of two Greek words. It's a compound word. The first word is pros, which means towards or around or near. And the second word is lambano. And lambano means to grab or to seize or to pull. So you put them together and you say, Proslambano is to pull near, to pull alongside, to pull towards. So proslambano sort of paints a picture of a certain kind of fellowship. When you proslambano someone, you put your arm around them and you pull them down beside you and say, hey, sit down, I want to talk with you. When I think of the word proslambano, the picture that comes to my mind is my mother. Um, if I go home for any length of time to Canada, and say so I'm home for the weekend and I'm spending all my time talking to my brothers and sisters and my nieces and nephews and my dad, eventually my mother will come and say, you need to talk to your mother. Come, come son, sit down beside me and talk to your mother. My mother is proslambanoing me. Okay, that's the Greek word. Our English translation renders that as accept. That's just an okay translation. Think about how we use the English word accept. Does accept sound like this to you? I, I think the way we use the word accept is a kind of, uh, when we accept something, we put up with it. We tolerate it. I'm getting older, so I have arthritis in my hands. I've learned to accept that. My granddaughter, for some reason, got a tattoo on her wrist. I don't like it, but I'm learning to accept that. That person, three rows in front of me, has wacky political views, and ah, I really, uh, but I'm learning to accept that. That's the way we use the word accept. And when you use the word accept that way, 
uh, it's, except it's like tolerance. It's like um, a non-aggression pact. It's, it's like holding something at arm's length, but not fighting with it. Is that the sense I just described with Pros Lombano? Is that what Paul is calling us to? A non-aggression pact with people who think differently? No. If acceptance is a ceasefire, Pros Lombano is a hug. If acceptance is holding people at arm's length, Pros Lombano is pulling people close and talking with them. If acceptance is a non-aggression pact, Pros Lombano is sitting down for coffee with someone and talking about deep things. So accept is an okay translation, but maybe better would be embrace one another as Christ has embraced you. Pull other people towards you as Christ has pulled you. Makes me wonder, do you think Paul was a hugger? I've never thought of Paul as a hugger, but when I hear this word, it makes me wonder. And the rest of the passage, the context of the passage, absolutely confirms that Paul's not talking about tolerance when he talks about acceptance. He talks about don't please yourself, please your neighbor first. He talks about how Christ is willing to take insults for the sake of his neighbor, and that's how we should be too. So all of it has this rich sense of pulling people towards each other. Now, let's not romanticize this. Okay, this is hard. Because when you pull someone close, there are very real and pointed differences between us. And when you pull close someone who has a pointed difference, that point sticks in you. There'll be wounds. There'll be conflict. There'll be blood. Just like there was with Jesus. Paul grounds his call for us to pull others close in what Jesus did for us. Take others, pull others close towards you because in Christ, Jesus pulled you close towards him, pulled you close towards God. And when he did that, our sharp edges stabbed him and made him bleed. Jesus is both the ground for Paul and the model for what proslumbano, for what acceptance means. How would you describe your closeness with Jesus? How close is your relationship with Jesus? Is it sort of an acceptance that hangs at a distance? Not my relationship, and I know not yours either. My relationship with Jesus is different than a relationship with a flesh and blood person, but I would say that my relationship with Jesus is closer than with any other human being that I know, in the sense that Jesus knows everything that's going on in my life, partly because he's omniscient and partly because I'm always trying to open up my heart to him. All my stuff, every day, all my angers, all my fears, all my joys, I live before the face of Jesus. It's the closest relationship I have. That's what Paul is calling us to each other. And Jesus is willing to have this close relationship with me, even though he knows that pulling someone like me close to him pulling someone like you close to him is going to cost him everything. As hard as it is to accept those with differences in your congregation or in your family or in your world, it was much harder for Jesus to accept you. As sacrificial as it may be to put up with people in a meeting or in a group that have these opinions that drive you crazy, I promise you, 
It's nowhere near the sacrifice that Jesus made to be close with you. The differences between Christians are real. I don't want to minimize or romanticize them. There are profound differences of opinion in just about any group you find, including this one these days. And those in a fallen world, those differences of opinion are going to lead to conflict and they're going to lead to divisions. That's going to happen still. But what Paul is telling us is that those divisions and those conflicts are not the story of who we are together. We are broken sinners saved by Jesus Christ and that is the ultimate and true story of who we are. We are not defined by our differences. We're defined by the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Let me close this sermon with an observation and a practice to suggest to you. Here's the observation. The differences we have with each other intimidate us. We worry about fighting with each other. But I think if we do things the right way, our differences may be an opportunity to grow in love for each other. Probe beneath someone's strongly held opinion and you will usually find a story. Probe beneath someone's strongly held opinion, some pointed thing that they say, and you will find some sort of experience. Probe beneath someone's strongly held opinion and you will find something that really matters to them, that is close to their heart, that burns inside them. So that if you approach your neighbor's difference with kindness and with care, you can learn something about their heart. And that doesn't mean you will agree with them, but you might love them better. Here's a specific example. Colin Watson, he's the um, executive director of our denomination right now. He's a man who has known some conflict over the last couple of years. Uh, one of the, the most heated conflicts that he got into was right after the George Floyd incident. The denomination released a statement on race that some people liked and some people really, really, really didn't like. And so there was a lot of feedback. And um, he got called by one council, local council, that didn't like it and wanted him to come in and talk with them. And before he came in, they gave him a list of issues that they wanted to talk about, like CRT and systemic racism and institutional racism. And you can fill out the rest of the list because you know it very well. And so they got together. But before they started talking about the issues, Watson told the story that, told stories that, that helped them understand where he was coming from. Watson is, is a person of color. He immigrated from Africa as a boy with his family. And when he was a boy, his family was redlined in New Jersey. And he experienced prejudice. And so he shared with him how those things had happened to him and, and how that shaped his opinions. And on the other side, the council also shared why they were concerned and what their reasons were for feeling the way they felt. They had a productive discussion. At the end of the discussion, they did not agree with each other. Watson still felt differently from the council. But they said to one another, we respect each other. We know where you're coming from. Finding the stories underneath our disagreements will not solve our disagreements, but they might help us to love each other better. And now a practice for all of us. And it's an obvious one, and it's one you're going to do in about five minutes. 
come to the Lord's table. Because at the Lord's table, we are confirmed in the true story of our life. It can feel like the differences out there define us, right? Male, female, black, white, Republican, Democrat, masker, anti-masker. When you're out there, it feels like those things make the story of who we are. But when you come to this table, Jesus says, no. If you're a Christian, the central story of your life is not those differences. It's that Jesus has shed and given you his body and his blood for the complete remission of all your sins. So while we continue down this road and we work through our differences and sometimes we feel tension in the narthex, before we do any of that, let's come here and remember that ultimately and in the end, we will not be apart, but we will sit shoulder to shoulder at the table of our Lord in the new creation and we will be one. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this food that you're about to give us, your body and your blood. Lord, you died on the cross to reconcile us to yourself and to reconcile us to each other. And Lord, you know how hard this is. You know how hard reconciliation is. Lord, you, you, you paid the price for it. You know. Lord, help us when things are difficult. Help us to not grow weary and lose heart. But keep our eyes fixed on you the author and perfecter of our faith, and the unity that you will bring. In Christ's name we pray it. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grave Avenue CRC's Sermon Podcast.